0: M-A. Main
1: menu.
0: Main menu. Main menu. Main menu. Main menu. Main menu.
2: Hello and welcome to main menu for the week of May 3rd through May 9th, 2013. I'm Chase Crispin, here to host the program this week while David Tanner is on vacation. This week on Main Menu, we begin by concluding the webinar that we began to air here on Main Menu last week. This webinar is presented by Mark Solomon of GW Micro and discusses the best tips and tricks for using the WindowEyes screen reader with Windows 8. Main Menu would like to take this opportunity to thank GW Micro for allowing us to run their webinar presentation on Windows 8. After the conclusion of this presentation, Mary Emerson will return to discuss the Version 8 upgrade for note takers made by HIMS, such as the Braille Sense and Voice Sense. This week, Mary will be discussing the new RSS Reader application that is included in the Version 8 upgrade. Mary will be returning throughout the next few weeks to demonstrate the most popular new features in this free upgrade. To all Braille Sense and Voice Sense customers. Both of these presentations are pretty interesting and have a lot of content, so we hope you enjoy them. And as always, if you have any feedback for us here at Main Menu, please get in contact with us by finding our contact information on our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org.
3: bit more than halfway through today's webinar and I'd like to start now, I'd like to continue on with our webinar by providing everyone with a detailed orientation to the start screen. A detailed orientation to the start screen. So let's go ahead and navigate to the start screen and we can navigate to the start screen by pressing our windows key.
4: Start menu, modern apps, group calendar, unselected, one of 12R1C1 expanded, list view.
3: So our start screen contains pinned items which can be programs, apps, libraries, folders, and other objects, as well as an account picture button, which opens a menu which allows you to sign out or switch to another user. So I'm just going to demonstrate that you can move between the pinned items and the account picture on your start screen by pressing your tab key. Let's go ahead and give that a try.
4: Account picture button. Account picture button.
3: Okay, so I press tab, I move to the account picture button. Press tab a second time. Calendar
4: unselected, one of 12 R1C1 expanded list view. Calendar unselected, one of 12 R1C1 expanded.
3: And then I'm returned to my list of pinned items on the start screen. So just basically two areas to tab to, your account picture button and your pinned items. So without window eyes, Moving around the pin items on the start screen is far from ideal when using a screen reader. That's because it's arranged in a number of two-dimensional grids. So just pressing your up and down arrow will not guarantee you that you will navigate to each pinned item on your desktop. But GW Micro wanted to make it easier and more efficient for our customers to be able to navigate the start screen. So we've created some new navigation hotkeys for your start screen pinned items that makes it much more efficient and more intuitive to navigate your start screen items. So let's just go over some of those basic or those important tips and tricks about navigating your start screen pinned items. Uh, But before we do that, let's give you a a little bit more background on what these pinned items are. So after a user account is created, the items pinned to the start screen consist of the apps which are installed by default. Normally, that will be items like calendar, people, messaging, weather, so on and so forth. And there's also an item called desktop, which is just a shortcut to your traditional desktop, which is still available to you and which we can normally get to by pressing Windows key D. So that desktop tile on your start screen is just basically the same as you hitting Windows key D. Okay. and then when you install additional apps or programs, then these items are normally added to your start screen. you can also control what items are pinned to your, uh, to your start screen. You can unpin items, and you can pin new items there. The pinned items are arranged into one or more groups. The groups are displayed in a row. And in each group, the items are laid out on a grid. You can move around the pin items using your arrow keys, but keep in mind, if you just hit your up and down arrow keys, you might move, move through the first column of items, but you might not ever get to the second column. So let's go ahead and demonstrate just the basic navigation here. I'm going to start pressing my down arrow.
4: People, unselected, message and unselected, Three, weather 32, Dexley, snow, 3416, 12, image unselected, 4 of 12R, 4C1, x desktop, unselected, 5 of 12R, remote desktop, unselected, 6 of 12R, 6C1.
3: So even though I heard this is only item 6 of 12. If I continue at my down arrow, there is no navigation happening and there's no new speech. That's because my focus is stuck at the bottom of the column. And the only way to get over to the other column would be to use your left or right arrow keys. So Wise does announce the row and column of each pinned item to give you more knowledge about its positioning. But I'd like to now demonstrate some of the enhanced navigation capabilities thanks to Wise and the Windows Enhanced app. I'm going to go back up to the top of this column by pressing my up arrow. People unselected. Calendar
4: unselected, 1 of 12 1.
3: And now instead of using just my down arrow, I'm going to use the enhanced navigation keystroke insert down arrow. And what we'll find is that we can move through each item in the current group of tiles without missing anything. And it, when we get to the bottom of the first column, Window Wise will automatically know to wrap us to the top of the second column so we don't miss anything. Let's give that a try. Insert down arrow.
4: People unselected 2. Messaging unselected. Weather 32. De- desktop unselected 5. Remote desktop unselected 6 of 12 R6 C1. Okay, Remote th- desktop unselected 6 of 12.
3: Okay. This is where we got stuck last time. Let's try insert down our one more time and see what happens.
4: Store unselected 7 of 12 R6 C2. Store unselected. Maps unselected 8 of 12 r sky Drive unselected 9 of 12. Finance Russell 2923.15 negative 0. Sports NFL Jets should trade El Rebus to 49 airs or box. News 4 in California shooting spree. 4 d 684 bd 0 a one a 0 e 7 of 8 b 70s last tile in group modern F.
3: And As I hit my insert down arrow in the last item in the group, WindowWise tells me it's the last item in the group. So it's important to note that you can navigate between all the tiles in the current group using insert up arrow and insert down arrow. When you want to move to another group, you can use Insert Left and Right Arrow. So if I want to move to the next group to the right, I'll hit Insert Right Arrow.
4: Calendar unselected one of entertainment, eight items, entertainment grouping trending, McCready dog.
3: So when I hit Insert Right Arrow, I moved immediately to my second group, which the group is named Entertainment, and it told me there are eight items in this group. So if I wanted to move sequentially through these items, I could use insert up and down arrow, but let's go ahead and move to the next group by pressing insert right arrow.
4: Desktop programs, eight items. Desktop programs, group internet explorer, unselected, one of eight, r 1C1 list view. Internet explorer, unselected, one of eight, our-
3: Okay, so at this point now, I'm moving between groups with insert left and right arrow, and between the pinned items within a group with insert up and down arrow. As we're moving between these items, each item is represented by a tile. These are similar. The tiles are similar to icons on the desktop, but they can have additional features. The tiles for di- traditional programs are square in shape. However, the tiles for the desktop and for some Windows 8 apps are rectangular by nature. They have the same height as the square tiles, but twice the width. And so take up two columns of the grid on the start screen. So when you move to one of these larger tiles, window-wise, WindowWise will read to you...
4: Entertainment Grouping Trending, McCready Dog, Pistorius, Alabama Shakes, Ferdy, Danica Patrick, Russia Meteor, Travel Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Ryan de Janeiro, Editorial Hero 2X1 Image, Unselected 2 of 8, R2C1 Expanded, Travel Rio
3: It will read Expanded, telling you that the item is a rectangular as opposed to the smaller square. And if you wanted to change the size of these tiles to the square, what you would do is you'd bring up the command bar for the item by pressing the application key and choose smaller from its command menu. Let's give that a try. People, unse-
4: calendar unselected, one of 12 R1C1 expanded. OK,
3: we hear that calendar takes up two columns, and it's expanded. So we should be able to make this item smaller. I'll open the command bar by pressing the application key.
4: Selected file F, pull down. been from start.
3: And I'm going to tab to smaller.
4: Uninstalled smaller.
3: I'll press my spacebar to activate it.
4: Space. Menu closed. Unselected. Calendar unselected. 1 of 12 R1 C1 list view.
3: Now we've just collapsed it, so it's now the smaller square shape. Now in addition to the different sizes of the tiles, some of our tiles are referred to as live tiles, which means that they can contain information which is updated in real time. And we've already heard WindowWise read a few of these live tiles. For example, when I arrowed past the finance app, the sports app, and the news app. These were each live tiles. In addition to the app's name, it's presenting current information about financial news, or sports updates, or a news headline as we arrow between those. So that's what we're referring to when we say a live tile. It's basically a tile on your start screen that is dynamically updating what is displaying. And window-wise is there to read that information as it changes. Now, there's a few reasons why you might want to pin an item to the start screen. Um, it's so you can access it very quickly when you search for it. Um, you can conveniently, As I mentioned, so you can conveniently open it. That's why I put some of my commonly used applications like iTunes and GW Connect and Windows Live Mail on my start screen so I can access them from there. But keep in mind, if you want to start and launch your programs from your traditional desktop like you have in the past, you can still do just that. Now, Let's just show you how you can unpin an item because when you install new programs on your computer, Windows 8 will automatically put those items um, and pin them to your start screen. So I'm going to go ahead and show off a feature of Windows enhanced as well as the capability of unpinning an item with this next demonstration. So earlier today, I installed the Talking Communities Conference plugin that we're using to facilitate today's webinar. And when I installed that plugin, Windows 8 put one or more tiles on my start screen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find those tiles, and I'm going to unpin them from the start screen because I don't need them there, I don't access them very often. And I'm going to have WindowWise help me find these items because with Windows enhanced, you can ask WindowWise to present you with a accessible tree view listing all of the tiles on your start screen. So it's very easy to find them, to find the groups of tiles and navigate amongst them. So, to access the tree view listing all of your start screen tiles and window eyes, press the hotkey Control Insert, insert. Tab.
4: Dialog Start Menu Items.
3: And here's the Start Menu Items dialog, and I'm presented with a tree view. And each group of tiles is its own um, category in the tree view. So, I'm going to down arrow here through my different groups.
4: Entertainment closed. Desktop. Programs closed. Admin tools closed. Talk communities. Client closed. 505.
3: And I found a node called Talk Communities Client, which sounds much like what I want to be able to navigate to. I'll expand or I'll open the item with a right arrow. Talk
4: communities. Client expanded. 5051. Talk communities. Client depth 2.
3: And at this point, I found the Talking Communities tile. I'm going to tab to the focus button.
4: Activate focus F button.
3: And press enter and that should focus this tile on my start screen.
4: Talk communities, client group, talk communities, client unselected, one at one, one R1C1 list view.
3: Okay, so now the item is focused. And to access the command bar or context menu for this item, I'll press the application key.
4: File F pull down, unpin from start.
3: And there's my option to unpin this item from the start screen. So activate this item with the space bar.
4: menu closed.
3: And now if I go back to my list of tiles in my tree view with control insert tab. Insert. Adobe, re- time here. Start Insert.
4: Dialog start. modern apps closed one of four.
3: I now only have four groups because the talking Communities tile item has been unpinned. And because that was the only item in the group, now that group no longer exists. So that shows you a few important concepts. Both how you can navigate your start screen tiles efficiently using your insert and arrow keys, up and down insert with the insert key to move through a group, uh, move through the tiles in a group, insert left and right arrow to move between your groups, and control insert tab to present you with an accessible tree view listing all of the groups and tiles. And that dialogue allows you to either activate the item or focus the item. So some really important good information there. Just as a quick note, if you want to rearrange or rename your groups of tiles, what you need to do is you need to bring up the semantic zoom feature of Windows 8 and you can do that by pressing control minus, control minus from the start screen. So I'll press control minus here. And it basically zooms out and gives me a high-level overview of my four groups of tiles. And you can move between your groups with left and right arrow keys.
4: Entertainment unselected two of four group Desktop programs unselected three of four groups. Okay, desktop.
3: So, so we found the desktop programs group. Let's say we want to rename this group to desktop apps, to desktop apps. Well, to do that, I'll press my application key. File, left pull down, May. While the group is selected and that displays the command bar at the bottom of the screen. And I'll press my space bar on the name group item. Space. Menu. Closed. Edit. Group name. flyout. Edit box. Desktop. Programs. Edit.
4: And I'll just type in desktop apps. D-E-S-K-T-O-P. Space. Uh, P-P-S. Start menu. Desktop apps. Unselected.
3: And now the items. Ha- now the whole group has been renamed desktop apps. Desktop apps. And there's also keystrokes for moving these groups around. If you hold down the Alt-Shift and then your left and right arrow keys, you can move the position of your selected group of tiles. And to leave this semantic zoom view of your start screen groups and tiles, hit Control Plus. That will return you equals. to the start screen without the zoom feature. And just wanted to add that if you want to move the position of a start screen tile, you can move to the item, Myzilla, fire and, fire, fire and, fire, so and then hold down the Alt and Shift key and then use your arrow keys. 3 M
4: 8, R2C 0, between window Eyes and notepad.
3: And window does a great job of announcing that new position of the tile, so you can ex- independently position your tiles, rename your groups, and organize your start, your start screen just the way you like it. OK, moving right along, I'd like to talk to you next about the all apps screen. So in the old start menu, you had the all programs list. Well, that's gone away, but you can still get a list of all of your apps and programs from the start screen. So whenever you're focused on the start screen, you can press Control-Tab.
4: Start menu. Adobe Reader's I group. Adobe Reader's I one selected one of 31 R1C1 list view. Adobe Reader's I one...
3: And you're now in a list view of all of the apps and programs on your computer, and you can use your arrow keys to move through these items, your up and down arrow keys, but you cannot use first letter navigation here or on your start screen. Um, but just to kind of point out here, let's say you wanted to get uh, to navigate between your apps here. I'm to hit my down arrow.
4: Apple software, big one selected. Three, calendar, unselected camera, unselected 5 of 30, desktop, unselected 6 of 31 R6 C1, desktop, unselected 6 of 31
3: R6 C1. Okay, so we got a lot of items there and you can move sequentially through this list much like you did your all programs list. It should have everything here available for you. Now, I do want to talk briefly about searching in Windows 8 because we've talked about how the start menu of old has kind of been broken into three parts. The start screen, which we've talked about for some time here. Uh, We've talked briefly about the All Apps screen, which you can access by pressing Control Tab. And pressing Control Tab from the All Apps screen will return you to the start screen. And anytime you're in the start screen, if you start pressing keys on your keyboard, instead of navigating with first letter navigation, what's going to happen is the search charm will be displayed and you'll be typing into the search edit box. So let's just assume you wanted to find Notepad. Well, from the start screen, you can start typing in Notepad. I'll type and in.
4: Search, search. Search box and edit box. and box. Edit, Notepad. One of
3: eight. And as you're typing into the search edit box, Windows 8 is providing you with a list of suggestions. And window-wise red notepad, even though I've only typed N into the edit box, because you basically have dual focus. You've got typing focus in the search box. But if you start to use your up and down arrow keys here, you'll be moving through your list of suggestions.
4: Note, notepad. I've selected one of eight R1C1.
3: So I think that's a very impo- important point to make, that if you start typing anything from the start screen you'll be presented with the search charm, and you'll be typing in the search edit box. And that's the default behavior you can expect. Okay, so at this point, I'd like to move on to a few closing points. Something you might want to be able to do is you might want to be able to still do things from your desktop. So I just want to kind of point out here that as we Windows key D.
4: Mark unselected selected list view 1 of 8.
3: I can still arrow GDW through my list I of shortcuts.
4: window 7, of 8. Windows mail 8 of 8.
3: and I can still tab around my desktop to move to the different elements, including my File Explorer button, application. my taskbar, which has my list of running applications, Size tray safely removed. my system tray, no desktop button, button, sure back to my list view. There. Um, if you want to be able to create a a shortcut on your desktop for a program. It's a little bit more involved than it was in previous versions of Windows. Um, The trick is to basically find the item either on your start screen or in your list of all programs. And once you do that, you can press the context menu. And from that context menu, you can choose open file location. So let me just give you a quick demonstration of how I would do that here. Go to my start screen. Start menu. I'm going to find Notepad there. Notepad
4: selected for a
3: And if I wanted to put a shortcut to Notepad on my desktop, I'd press my application key here.
4: Selected. For, pin to te- open, run as a, open file location.
3: I'm going to choose open file location from the command bar.
4: Menu closed. Selected. File Explorer.
3: And that launches File Explorer and shows me the shortcut to Notepad. I press my application key again. Context menu. Here's the old school context menu we're used to. And we can down arrow to the send to submenu. Send to and pull down. Com- and then open the pull down desktop create shortcut okay i found desktop i'll hit enter menu closed I'll close google i'll close file explorer with alt f4 google
4: Dash, windows internet and if i go to my desktop windows link, mail list notepad 8 of 9
3: i now have a notepad shortcut on my desktop so as i mentioned a few more steps involved but once you can find the item either on your start screen in your search results you can then access the context menu and open the file location and from there access the old-school context menu which gives you the option to send it to your desktop. Um, I do want to point out that Windows 8 also has this new terminology, charms, charms. And there's actually five charms in Windows 8. The five charms are the search charm, which we've worked with a little bit to search for files and programs. There's the share charm, which you can use to share information the start charm, which is a quick way to get back to your start screen, the devices charm to interact with your devices, and lastly, the settings charm, which we worked with once before in today's webinar when we were looking at the power options in the settings charm. So the, the five charms of Windows 8 are accessible in the charms bar. So to display the charms bar on your computer, charm bar. you can hit Windows key C, Windows key C is in Charlie. And the charms bar will be displayed from the right-hand part of the screen. It's docked to the right side in basically a vertical row of items. And from this um, command bar, I'm sorry, from the charm bar, you can tab between the different charms. Search button, share button,
4: start button, devices button, settings button.
3: So there's a button for each available charm. So once again, the five charms in Windows 8 is the search charm. The share charm, the start charm, the devices charm, and the settings charm. Now, I do want to point out that there's lots of keyboard accessibility built into Windows 8, so each of these charms has its own dedicated hotkey, so you don't always have to go to the charm bar first. So, for example, Windows key I will always take us to our settings charm, and pressing the Windows key will always take us to our start screen. So just keep in mind that. The more you use these charms, the more you might learn the shortcut keys so you can get to them directly. Now two other concepts we want to cover real quickly before we wrap up. Uh, The next is toasts, toasts. And this isn't toast like the bread that you put in your toaster, but more like a toast when you raise a glass to make a tribute to someone. So Windows 8 displays pop-up messages called toasts to notify you about different events on your computer window wise will automatically read these messages and route the mouse pointer over them when they are displayed on the screen the windows enhanced app also maintains a history of toast and balloon tooltip messages that can be accessed from the windows enhanced pull down located in the window wise apps menu so as you're inserting and removing usb drives or installing new programs um, or checking for windows updates you're going to be getting pop-ups messages from Windows 8, and those will either come in the form of toasts or as balloon tooltips. And with Windows enhanced, you can rest assured that window will automatically route the mouse over those items. So if they need to be clicked on, you can hit a numpad slash to do that. Or if you just want to be able to review a list of the past history of messages, you can access that message history from the Windows enhanced pull down in the apps menu of the window wise control panel. And I want to finish on one of my favorite aspects of Windows 8. This is a new feature which has been added, and it's called the Power User Menu. So first, I want to make sure that you know how to access the Power User Menu, and that's using the hotkey Windows Key X. I'm going to go ahead and press Windows Key X. Context Menu. And Windows says Context Menu, but as we down arrow, we'll start to hear a list of very helpful utilities that are on our computer
4: programs and features app power options so event urv system walk device manager at disk management computer management command task manager control panel file explorer search as, run R desktop D
3: so almost all of the most popular utilities that you use to manage or control your computer are now accessible from this new power users menu which you can bring up with Windows key X. I definitely think this is a nice time saver um, and a real important tip that you keyboard users will want to make a note of so you can take advantage of all the features here on the power users menu. So at this point we've gone just a bit over our one hour. So at this point I'd like to wrap up the formal curriculum. I believe we've been able to cover all of our different learning objectives and at this point I'd like to release the microphone and open up the floor to questions and answers. I know that there's been a number of questions posted in the text chat and I see my colleague Jeremy Curry has been doing his best to keep up with those questions and posting answers so without further ado let me go ahead and release the microphone and if you have a question feel free to ask the question with your microphone you'll need to hold down the control key while you talk, or you can submit your question via the text chat.
5: I just want to say that this has been a dynamite class. Uh, just learned so much. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Kenneth Son with a question. Go ahead, Kenneth. Uh, do you have a, uh, I don't know what you call them, a GW article that explains how to get rid of the name and password so you can just log into Windows 8 straight away?
3: At this time, we do not have a knowledge base article, but I can give you a few tips. For a very long time I've been um, customizing computers and one quick way to get access to some of the more important user account settings is to open the Run dialog and type in control space user passwords and the number two. So open the Run dialog, type in control space user passwords number two and that will present the user accounts dialogue. And from that dialogue, you can customize the login options. And I believe there's a checkbox that says, require this user to log in with the username and password. So by unchecking that box, you'll be halfway home to getting your computer set up to go automatically to your start screen or desktop.
1: Okay, thank you much. That answers the question.
3: You're very welcome. Are there any other questions out there? Hi, Mark. Hi, Joe. Thanks for joining us. Do you have a question? Um,
5: not all of us use... Standard keyboards. What about a laptop layout for um, Windows Eyes and Windows 8? And which insert key are you speaking of when you describe commands for uh, insert up or down arrow or right arrow, etc.?
3: Thank you for your good questions. So, first, Windows does have a laptop keyboard layout. And that layout can be enabled through the window-wise control panel. And basically what that does is it reassigns keystrokes, which often require multiple keyboard modifiers, including the insert key. So you should be able to press them more easily. So if you've not already read up on the laptop keyboard layout, I would encourage you to do that because that's probably what you want to take advantage of to make the process of hitting different keyboard commands a little bit more efficient on a compact keyboard that doesn't have a full numeric keypad. And most of the keystrokes that we were discussing specific to Windows 8 only required use of the Windows key, so those would be the same on a laptop layout. In terms of the insert key, I was using the insert key on my six-pack, but you should be able to use any insert key that's available on your keyboard. So for those of you that aren't aware of this, the caps lock key by default is also a insert key modifier. So that means that if you wanted to press insert T to access the time, instead of having to find the insert key and pressing T, you could hit caps lock T to do the same thing. So just as a quick heads up there, the caps lock key can be used interchangeably as the insert key now when you're pressing different hotkeys in Window Eyes.
1: Does the zoom feature mean that you can navigate from group to group uh, and then once you turn the zoom zoom off, navigate within your groups Uh, without using the Eyes Enhance app?
3: Great question, Dean. So to clarify, the Zoom feature is really only designed to allow you to rename your groups of tiles or to reorder your groups of tiles. It's not designed for individual tile navigation. For individual tile navigation, you always want to be on your start screen without the Zoom enabled. And once you're on your start screen, as we discussed, you'll be able to use insert left and right arrow to move from group to group and insert up and down arrow to move between the tiles in each individual group. I hope that clarifies the purpose of the semantic zoom screen as well as what your capabilities are on the start screen with navigating with window eyes. If not, please ask more questions so we can get everyone on the same page.
1: I think I've forgotten or missed a tidbit when you're doing search on the start screen you're only searching items pinned to the start screen is that right where do you do a search that allows you to search uh, all your apps is that in the apps screen i haven't looked at this very much
3: another really good question so by default if you start typing on the start screen to access which will bring up your search charm you'll be searching for all of your programs all of your apps as well as any items pinned to your start screen. So that's where you could actually be finding other items outside of programs and apps from that search. But keep in mind if you, let's say, put your downloads folder on your start screen. If you pin your downloads folder to your start screen and you start searching by typing in DO, Windows will know to suggest downloads because it's pinned to your start screen. But if you didn't pin the downloads folder to your start screen, typing DO would not bring back that folder as a suggestion. You'd have to type in the full name of the item for it to come back as a suggestion. So that's something that we might need to spend some more time on even in a different webinar is how to perform searches in Windows 8 because the search charm is fairly involved. Um, You can change the scope of what you're searching for between apps, settings, and files, and you can even make searches specific to an app that you have open. So we didn't have time to go into all those details today, but if you have more questions about that, let us know, and maybe we can make that a topic for a future webinar.
5: I guess I'm a little confused. You said that once you installed a program or or an app, it would be automatically pinned Pinned. So, in order to, to, to get rid of it, you go in there and, and unpin it. Um, is, is there a way to manually pin items to the
3: uh, screen? Absolutely, Marcia. Very good question. So, it's just a matter of finding the item you'd like to pin to your start screen. And once you find the item, you'll press your application key. And from the context menu, there'll be an option to pin to start. So I think the challenge then is finding the items that aren't already on your start screen. And the way that you'll find those items is they'll either be on your taskbar or your desktop, or if not, you'll have to search for them or find find them on your all programs list to access those options that pin it to your start screen. Very, very good question. Thanks for asking it, Marcia.
1: There's – um window Windows going to support these uh, – uh, Attachable device for navigating the screen by touch.
3: So the first thing is you have to make sure that that device has a version of Windows that's compatible with Windows, Window I. So as we discussed, if the device has Windows RT, we're not going to be able to work with it. But if the device is running a version of Windows 8, such as Windows 8, Windows 8 Pro, or Enterprise, then we know that you can install Window Eyes and access the device with speech and with a keyboard and mouse. And then as far as being able to then use touch gestures, well, the device will support touch gestures, and it will be a matter of making sure that Eyes can support those touch gestures. And that's a task that we are currently undergoing. We are currently in the investigation and design phases of adding support for touch gestures. So once that development happens down the road, then hopefully we'll be able to come back and revisit this and say, yes, you can get full access to a touch device with Windows 8 and Window Eyes.
1: This isn't exactly a window-wise question, so you can disregard it if you want. But uh, I wanted to tell people I do have a Surface Pro. Surface Pro is a really nice device. Unfortunately, for keyboard users, it doesn't have an insert key. Well, that isn't fatal. It also doesn't have an, a context menu key. That is a little bit more fatal. So um, there's AutoHotKey. And I'm trying to think of the name. And maybe you know it, or maybe you don't, of a of a program that works with Windows 8 for uh, redefining keys on keyboards.
3: Yeah, definitely heard of that app floating around from time to time. I can't recall at the top of my head, but I'm sure someone else will come up with it. In the meantime, we've had a few questions posted to the text chat area, so I'd like to respond to those. Lane asks, when moving tiles, is Alt plus Shift plus the arrow keys a feature of Windows Enhance app or a Windows command? Well, the actual keystrokes themselves are Windows commands, so those will work without window eyes. But the Windows Enhanced app is really what's causing WindowWise to speak the position of those icons or those tiles as you move them. So without WindowWise and the Windows Enhanced app, you wouldn't know where you'd be moving the tiles to. And then Ralph asked the good question, how can I move programs from one group to another? Well, that's a matter of moving to that tile in the group and then using Alt, Shift, and your arrow keys to move it to a position In another group so for example if you're in the first tile in the first group and you want to get it to the second group you focus that tile and then hit alt shift right arrow until you get over to that second group hopefully that explains um gives you an answer to those questions are there any other questions out there regarding window wise and windows 8.
5: in a way um mark it almost seems like a glorified iphone because you can you're dragging things and you have lists that pop up and things that get bigger and smaller. Um, it's almost as if they're putting Windows 8 in a mobile or iPhone or smartphone configuration, but it's expanded or, um, I don't know what the word is. It's enlarged right now.
3: Well, Joe, I think you're really trying to summarize the design motivations for Microsoft with this operating system, and you're making some really important observations that a lot of these new interfaces are really geared more towards a touch style interface, and that's really what Microsoft was going for. They wanted to create an operating system that could be used both with touch devices as well as with the keyboard and mouse. And I think what we're dealing with now is a little bit of the challenge of being able to use all of those interfaces and finding the, the most effective way to use them to get our job done in the computer. So at this point, it might seem like it's a little um, a little se- segregated, a little, little different from what you've known in the past. But hopefully, I have shown you that much of what you've done in the past is still exactly the same in Windows 8, but now there are these new interfaces that do have more of a, a touch-oriented interface, touch oriented, um, interface, and those are things that we'll be finding more ways to, to use in the future. So I think those are, those are very good comments, very, very good observations.
5: So I, I hate to seem stupid, but why would I want to make a tile
3: smaller? So you can get more of them with taking up less space. I really think it's more of a, a visual customization that people will be doing. Um, but for example, if you had all of your tiles set to small, then it might be more logical as you move between the columns. Because for example, if you had 10 items that were squares, they would be presented in equal columns, meaning that one tile wouldn't overlap a second column, which can sometimes be confusing for people that can't see the physical layout of these grids so by making them smaller you can make sure that the tile only takes up one column and doesn't span across a second but because of the work we've done with window Wise and windows enhanced hopefully that really wouldn't be a concern and you'll be able to navigate these tiles with ease thanks to these enhanced navigation tools
5: does it make any difference as to the size as far as focus with window eyes 8 uh, if it's a bigger tile or a smaller
3: tile not that I found I think it goes back to those earlier comments that Making it double wide just makes it easier for people to touch on. You know, maybe that's the design motivation for being able to customize the size of the tiles. If they're bigger, they're easier to tap on if you've got a touch device.
1: It appears we've lost a little bit of keyboard navigation in the sense that you can't, in the apps screen, you can't use keyboard navigation. In the start, start screen, you really can't use keyboard navigation. Um, I'm assuming we're not going to advocate people... Doing what i 've seen a lot of people advocate on the net, which is to return to a start menu and return Windows eight to an awful lot of the Windows seven look and feel, but it does seem like we 've lost a little bit of keyboard folk keyboard ability
3: well, if you think about it, the Windows start screen is completely new, so it did not exist in previous versions of Windows, so if you just look at the taskbar and the traditional desktop and the system tray, it's got the same keyboard navigation it has in the past. Uh, The all programs list versus the all apps, I would agree that we've lost a little bit of keyboard navigation, but I think that Microsoft is really encouraging people to use the search capabilities to find what they're looking for more quickly than trying to arrow through or navigate an entire list. So I think those um, assessments are right on that um, in particular areas in the new Windows 8 interfaces, there's not quite as much Um, first letter navigation available, but hopefully between the Windows enhanced app functions and the new search functions, you'll still be able to be as productive as you were, if not more productive in Windows 8. Okay, that was a great questions and answers session. That concludes another GW Micro training webinar. On behalf of GW Micro, I would like to thank everyone for attending. We will be posting the recording of today's webinar on the archive, which is located at www.gwmicro.com forward slash training forward slash webinar underscore training. If you have any suggestions for future webinar topics, please drop GW Micro a line. Either give us a call or send us an email. Until next time, this is Mark Solomon signing off. Thanks so much.
6: Hi everybody, this is Mary Emerson, and this is a continuation of the features of the BrailleSense U2 devices. I have the QWERTY version. I recently talked to you about the menus and showed you how they were reorganized in version 8. Today I'm going to talk to you about the RSS reader or I'll probably refer to it as a podcatcher because that's how I use it to download podcasts. On my PC I have been using the Juice application formerly known as iPodder for quite a number of years now and in order to get the RSS reader up and working one of the ways to do it is to import an opml file. opml is the extension and the name of the file can be just about anything in my case it was called iPodder.opml and what I did was I made a copy of that file, put it on a thumb drive and moved it into the download folder on the flash disk which is the main disk built into the U2 and in order for the podcatcher to see it it has to be in the download folder so I put it there and then I opened up the podcatcher and there's a way to download files it is in the menu in this application and Before going any further, I think I will open up this application right now to show you what we've got. First of all, I'm going to increase the volume.
0: Voice volume 9. Voice volume 10.
6: And then we're going to arrow down. I like menus. There are a lot of shortcuts here, but I tend to like menus.
0: Word processor, email, media, organizer, web tools.
6: And here we are in web tools.
0: Web browser browser.
6: I'm down arrowing to find this
0: Google search application. RSS reader.
6: And here we are. I'm going to open it up. Press enter.
0: Category Google RSS 13
6: Now we're in a category list and there are three things here. Google RSS is a built-in thing to help you get started. I'll show you what's in here.
0: I've exported subscriptions 2 3.
6: And that's Second of three, and this is the OPML file that I imported, and
0: My three, three.
6: down arrow to the third item, and this is empty. I'm going to tab. The way that you get to different parts of this window is to use a tab key. I'm going to tab,
0: Title, no items.
6: and it's an empty category, so I am going to shift tab.
0: Category. My three, three.
6: You can't delete this category, so... I'm going to just forget that, and I'm going to go back up.
0: i exported subscriptions to Google RSS Three.
6: Okay, this is a category that has some stuff in it, and I'm going to tab and show you what's in here, just so you know what they install from the factory. And what you're going to hear is the list of feeds or podcasts for this particular category.
0: Title, top stories, zero item, S, 118.
6: And if I wanted to read something within this feed, I would push a space bar, and that would select it. But I'm going to go down to show you the other types of feeds that are in here.
0: Politics News 0item S218. Business News 0item S318. Social news, health news, world news, science news, entertainment news, sports news, top stories, zero item, S, 1018.
6: I don't know why it repeats it.
0: Politics news, business news, social news, health news, world news, science news, entertainment news, sports news, zero item,
6: S, the last item. The last item is sports. Okay, I'm going to go back, and I move back to... The Google Category, I'm going to see if I can delete this, because I really don't want it.
0: Delete Google RSS Category. Yes.
6: Let's try pushing Enter.
0: Google RSS Category was deleted successfully. Category, I've okay. exported subscriptions. One, two.
6: Now, this is the one that I set up. And what happens is you can choose all to download everything in this category. And by everything, I mean all of the podcast titles that are included in this category. And I've got almost two dozen podcasts here. I downloaded something earlier this morning, and let's see if this is maintained across sessions because I turned this machine off. And then I just turned it on for this segment that we're doing now. So I'm going to tab... Title,
0: Science Fiction Discussion Group, to item S.
6: Items are maintained until you do another update. And as I said, the way that you do an update is you can go into the menu, and you can grab the headlines in the menu. I'll talk about that a little later. Or you can push Control-A to grab everything in the category, and then... Control-R to go out and retrieve the headlines. And by headlines, I mean the podcast titles. And within each title, you will see a number following the title that says a number of new items in that podcast. And in most cases, it says zero item S. There's an S after it. There's a space before the S. And if there's more than one item, then you can see that immediately because it's right beside the title. There are two items here, and that surprises me because I didn't think there would be. So let's tab.
0: Loading. Item title read. Attached file 042413.
6: It gives the date and the title and... It tells you that this is attached to the item that you were just looking at. And to get to the list of titles, of course, we pushed tab. And ironically, these items belong in a different title. They are from a key life title. They don't belong in the science fiction title. I don't know how they got in there, but that's how they got there. But there are two items here. Let's say that I want to download this. I don't need to, but I'm going to tab past the title.
0: Item description.
6: And there's no description. And I'm going to press tab again.
0: Read all description.
6: No, I don't want to do that. I'm tabbing here. Download. And here's a download button. Now, when you push download on this, it will ask you if you want to open the file right away. If you don't, it will download it, and it will go into the download folder on the HIMSS device. So then you can take that file and move it. I would like to listen to my podcast on the Victor Stream, so it's convenient to have all these files in one folder, and you can just grab the whole bunch of them and stick them in your stream or your other portable device and listen to them if you don't want to listen on a HIMSS device. So that's how that works, and I'm going to keep tabbing.
0: Category, iPoder Exported Subscriptions 1, 2.
6: And we're back to the list of categories.
0: Title, Science Fiction Discussion Group, 2 Item S 20.
6: Every time you retrieve a new set of podcast titles, or headlines as they call it, this replaces your previous set. So if you have something from the previous set and you didn't get to listen to it, you can just keep that set and download the podcast for it. And then when you're done with that set, then you can retrieve a new set to see if there's been anything in addition to what you've already heard. There might have been an update to a podcast in the last couple of hours, for example. At this point I'm going to show you the menus and to get into the menus you push Alt.
0: File pull down.
6: I'm down arrowing. pull down. Feed pull down.
0: Options common dialogue.
6: Options. The feed pull down will let you let me show you, push enter. Search for
0: means, common, dialogue.
6: Search for feeds. You can do that by just doing a general search.
0: Insert main common dialogue.
6: You can insert a feed by typing it in.
0: You can delete it or modify it or move it.
6: Okay, I push escape to get out of there. I'm going to show you what the file File section does. Push enter.
0: Receive new headline.
6: Now, that means receive new podcast titles with indication following each title of the number of new podcasts that there are. Down arrow.
0: Import OPML common dialogue. That's the import. Export OPML common dialogue. Exit.
6: And exit. I'm going to push escape.
0: File pull down.
6: And we're going to go down past... Pull down. That to options common dialog options, and I'm going to push enter
0: options dialog box New mode, title.
6: This lets you choose how you're going to view the items within a category. You can choose. I'm going to push space to go through
0: title date,
6: title and date, title or title. Now we're going to tab. And this is where you see other choices.
0: Output term, two day ago.
6: What this means is how recently do you want to see your podcast? It starts out with two days ago. Three day ago. Three.
0: Four days ago.
6: They know about this. It should be days instead of day.
0: Five day ago. Six day ago. Seven day ago. None.
6: And... If you have none, it will download the total number of podcasts for that particular title, which could be a lot. Depending on the number of days that you choose, your number of podcasts that will show in the list of titles will be more or less. And also, it does not remember what you've already seen in the past couple of days. For example, if you check on a certain morning, it might show two podcasts. Later in the afternoon, you could check again, it'll show three or four, perhaps, and that includes the two that you already saw, plus a couple of new ones. And the number that I'm referring to is the number following the podcast title. For example, what we saw was science fiction, and then you had a number two after it. That's what I mean. It shows that number. Two days ago. I had this set on two days, so let's leave it there. And I'm going to tab. Confirm. And we have confirm. Cancel. And cancel. I'm going to cancel because I haven't really changed anything. So I'm going to push Enter.
0: Item title, attached file 042413.
6: We're pretty much done with this. And I told you everything that I need to tell you about it, so I'm going to Alt F4.
0: Save it. RSS Reader.
6: And we're back into RSS Reader and the Web Tools menu, so I'm going to push Escape.
0: Web Tools.
6: And we're back into the main menu, and I'm going to turn it off.
0: Power off.
6: And a few additional thoughts on the podcatcher as I have been using it. The main procedure, once you get everything set up, and you're going to be doing this every day, is you get into the main window, and you access the category you want. For me, it's iPodder. And you push... Control-A that says, I want all of the headlines or the titles retrieved. And after that, to activate the retrieval, you do Control-R. And it goes out and it grabs everything. And you can go through the items in the category, which lists the individual podcast names, and it tells you how many podcasts there are. One of my podcasts is a daily group of four short items. So in two days you have quite a lot of these. So to download each podcast can be rather tedious. As you go through the podcast names, it gives you the number of items that there are. And you have to download each item individually, in each podcast individually. So it can get a little bit tedious if you subscribe to a lot of podcasts, because the download itself isn't that fast. I mean, it's fast enough, but I'm doing it with wireless, and I have 802.11g, so it's not the fastest. But it does work and I like the fact that you can limit the number of days that you want to look at, and it seems to do a very complete job of it. So if you have the time to do this and you don't feel like turning on your PC, then this is the way to do it. It's very accurate, it just gets what you want, and it verifies the file name before you download, and then once you download it asks you if you want to open the file right then and there. When you're done, you just Alt F4 to get out. It's very simple to use. I think the trend with HIMSS is to try to keep things as simple as possible. If you have any questions, you can contact HIMSS directly or go out to their website and look at what they have out there. They even have user manuals out there and you can find them quite easily. The site is www.hims-inc.com for the U.S. And himsintl.com for HIMS International. Thank you for listening. This is Mary Emerson for Main Menu.
2: That will conclude this week's edition of ACB Radio Mainstream's Main Menu. We hope that you have enjoyed the program and that it has been helpful to you. If you have any suggestions about this or any other Main Menu program, or if you have ideas for things you would like to hear on Main Menu in the future, please get in contact with us. You can find all of our contact information on our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. On behalf of David Tanner and the entire Main Menu staff, I'm Chase Crispin. Have a great week, and we will see you back here on Main Menu next week.